Welcome to Ask of Expert, brought to you by the team at Vexit.com. Our bi-weekly series is the podcast helping business owners, managers, and professionals thrive in the world of modern work. Here's this week's host, Polly Craig. Although we may be more stressed through this pandemic than ever before, many business owners have more time on their hands than ever. And according to Psychology Today, creating a plan can be one of the best de-stressors out there. Something we could all use right now. Today's guest has made a name for herself helping businesses create actionable plans. Anita is a partner at BDO and has been excelling in the corporate community for more than 15 years in business succession planning with a specialty in tax and accounting. Oh, that sounds exciting. Welcome to the show, Anita. Hi, it's great to be here. Thank you. Well, I think we have a lot to talk to about today and you've helped a lot of businesses create plans, but I'm sure you've never seen anything like what is being presented to you today. Can you share with us a little bit about like right now when this is being aired, we're in the middle of pandemic and have just uh, gone into a code red in the community that we live in. So can you just share sort of top of mind what you're dealing with right now as an accountant? Definitely. So the pandemic certainly made us stop and think about uh, where we're at and what we can afford at this point in time for whatever business people are in. And I have clients involved in many industries kind of all across the board and some that are doing great and the pandemic is actually creating more revenue for them. And then I have some that, you know, revenues almost come to a halting stop. So never before have I stopped and thought so much about cash flow. And you know how when you are planning personally and you've talked to personal finance planners or you follow somebody on Instagram or a blog or whatever, they're always talking about that emergency cash fund. Well, it's the same kind of thing that a corporation or business needs too. Did you have something in your emergency fund that would help you get through some tough times? And to me, that's a piece of the puzzle here that sometimes people delay and they don't get set up. And maybe this situation is making them rethink that and maybe plan a bit better for the future. Because as we all know, no one was ever expecting this. Absolutely. Very good point. Uh, You know, I think about having a business, having the plan in place. We can always say, you know, here's where we want to be in five or 10 years. And then something out of left field comes into play. So is there sort of a rule of thumb of how much money you should have in a contingency fund? How, how do you go about that? Is it based on size of business or the industry that you're in? Yeah, those are all good questions. I don't know if I can give you one answer per specific business or industry. I think it really comes down to who the owner is and how comfortable they are uh, leaning on their bank in hard times or what they feel comfortable having in their bank available should something out of the blue show up. So I know like for personal finance, I think they usually say you should have three months worth of expenses available. So usually I toss that out to business owners and say, is this something reasonable that maybe we should have access to and uh, be able to manage cash flow so that if something bad happens, you're able to limp along, whether it's limping, where you're able to get along for a while and make plans in that time on what changes you have to do in order to you know, bring your cash flow back up. And one of the things that I picked up on that you said, you know, it depends what business you're in. And for some, COVID has really opened doors to new opportunity. 
I'm imagining that one of those might be, is this the time to maybe acquire a competitor or acquire a business of somebody looking to get out of the business that just may not have the, the wherewithal or, the, or want to stay in the business or at a point of life, maybe they were looking to retire anyway and they're looking at an earlier exit. Can you touch on, you know, how do people approach a professional to help them look at what their options are? You don't certainly want people to go out and just jump in thinking that they need help, they need guidance. Are, are you the type of professional that people would go to for that type of advice? You know, those types of questions are... I, I, this is going to sound super geeky. Those are my favorite types of questions, actually. It's it's those unusual situations that entrepreneurs see themselves in and they need advice. What would you recommend? What can we think of? Is there something we can look towards? And looking towards buying another business right now? Sure, why not? Looking towards, okay, now it's time to retire and step back. Let's plan that too. All of those questions that come up, I think are great questions to ask your advisory panel for lack of a better term. I'm not going to think that accountants are the only advisors out there. You would also have your lawyer, your investment manager, uh, all sorts of relationships, your banker, that would be a perfect part of the team to talk you through some of those things. And so those types of things are great. And the only thing I would say to clients is like, I would say, okay, what's the plan for the future here? You're, you want to expand. What uh, situation are you in in your business? Is this the right time? And then we look at all the numbers. We look at all the things that aren't related to numbers. Can you handle it? Do you have enough time? Like, is this something you're going to be able to commit to and do a great job at? Like you're running your current business and all those things have to make sense. And I think business owners need people to ask those questions of. And that's that's to me the the fun part of being an accountant, if you can believe it, that there is a fun part. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But you know, it's a really good point because I know when I had my business and we were always evolving, you know, we would sell one division, we'd move into another area and it would be a completely different industry. And what I found was, you know, I looked to advisors, not just for the technical advice, but for the ability to ask questions outside of the numbers, if we're talking about the accountant in particular, that how is it going to affect how I live, knowing that I have family, knowing that I have other interests, knowing that I travel a lot, depending on the situation. Yeah. So I think that's a really, really good point. Yeah, so, depending on your life goals, right? Like if your life goals are only to pad your bank account as far as you can go, and some people are like that, that's fine. That's their prerogative. And otherwise it's, yeah, I want to be able to not be concerned about my finances, but I want to still experience all these other life experiences versus just working. There's there's different situations out there. So, Can you share a little bit on the businesses that you work with? Often it might be a family Uh, based business where you have either a husband and wife or somebody who is second or third generation themselves and trying to figure out whether or not the business will carry on through the next generations. And how do you go about putting together a plan and working with somebody to help figure out first and foremost, if that's even an option, where do you start? That, yeah, that's a good question. I work with 
uh, a lot of egg-based businesses. So I'm from small town, rural Portage La Prairie. So we are largely agriculture based out here. So I work with egg related business, egg retail business. I work with farmers, the ones directly working with the food and in the soil, and then the retail shops around. So it's kind of a wide gamut. So, but the question of what should I do in the future and will my family take this over or will I be able to find a buyer for the business is in any kind of industry. And I think you have to start questioning your clients about that at least 10 years before they think they're actually going to do it. Uh, Because oftentimes the piece that is missing, whether it's husband, wife, or you have two siblings that are running the business or two non-related shareholders. The question or the piece that's missing there is the communication. One person thinks they're selling and they're going to be doing it within a year and we can get it done instantly. And the next person wants to work for another 15 years. So you have to have that conversation right off the hop. I'm like, what's the plan here, people? Uh, Are you wanting to sell? Are we going to transfer it to your children? And then the next question comes, yeah, we're for sure transferring the children. And then have you actually asked them, do they actually want to do that? So it's just, it's sometimes kind of funny, the, the things that are assumed, but you know what, we all do that in our lives. So I, I like to ask the hard questions. I don't think that makes me particularly popular every time that I have a meeting, but I think in order for me to help someone get to their future goal, I need to really know what they're thinking. So I might push them a little bit on like, what do you really want to do? And yeah, okay, so you want your child to do this, but do they want to? Like they have to want to do it. Very good point. I can share my own personal story. I was in my family business and worked with my two sisters, my mother, and my father who started it, although he wasn't involved in the day-to-day. And he passed away very suddenly at the age of 54 in his sleep. And although we knew that he wanted this family business to carry on, the wishes weren't explicitly communicated. And that made it very difficult on our family to move through something like that. So to your point, I think that we all need strong professionals such as yourself to help us deal with that. You know, we're private people. We don't necessarily want to talk about those things. And talking about what happens when we're gone is not a fun conversation to have. Yep. There are some people that just truly want to avoid that altogether. So in some cases, you can only plan so far. And in other cases... You know, the the saying goes, you're going to die someday. So, you know, what are we going to do? Absolutely. Uh, about that. So. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about planning, and I'll just carry on with the piece that happened after that, because my dad was 54, I actually found one time I wrote down that by age 54, I would have my plan in place and be at the point in my life where I wouldn't have to rely on telling my family what would happen with my business in order to make sure that they were looked after if I were to go the same way. And it was a coincidence, but I sold my business less than a month before I turned 54. Oh, well, there you go. But I think because (laughs) I did write it down and I did have it in the back of my mind, it was always there as part of my plan would be that I would be in that position. And I, I pulled one of a quote from Dave Cole, 
professor emeritus at Virginia Tech, who said creating a five-year plan, you dramatically increase your chances of success in reaching your goals and living the life you want. People who write down goals are 33% more likely to achieve them. And according to people who regularly write down their goals, earn nine times as much over their lifetime as people who don't. So I wonder, do you have any experiences you can share where you've actually seen a situation where somebody who is organized and has a plan in place and has their goals written down has actually achieved that? Um, And that must be very fulfilling as a professional when you've got clients that actually follow through. First of all, the 33% it just amazes me, right? 33% more than other people that don't write it down. Like I I know that and I've heard that before. And uh, I'm trying to remember the last time I wrote down my own personal goals, which, you know, I should practice what I preach, right? <laughs> so we all, we all procrastinate at, at things like that. Um, can I say specifically that I know a client has written it down five years? I would have a few examples that they have taken the time to really focus on what they want to happen in the next five years, given given options to their children within those next five years. And by this year, this is the the, the future year, it's the plan to do X. That's not necessarily um, for the whole lifespan of the business, but it was in that five-year chunk, we're moving from, you know, son taking over, father stepping back, other siblings could be involved, we're going to give them the option, you know, all those types of things. And, And it was written down, it was part of shareholder agreements. And so that's an easy document to pull up, say, where are we at? Remember when we said that this five years is coming up? Have you had that conversation with with the other child? Are they are they coming in? Are they out? That kind of thing. So that brings up writing it down in a shareholder agreement, which is one of those really good tools that I think every business should have uh, with different shareholders, different business owners. Um, but yeah, there's some there's some great examples out there. Can I say it's exactly called a five year plan, or is it just the the next plan in the next step of transition? And that that plan, you need to look at it as often as you feel comfortable, but definitely every five years or when every major life change happens. So, you know, just like they say, keep your will up to date. Now review it every five years. Or if someone close to you passes away or there's some marriage or divorce, whatever, you better go back and review that document and make sure it still does what you want it to do. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Absolutely. We've noticed we have a webinar series that we do, and one of the the items that that came up when we asked the question, it was on financial planning. And one of the most uh, the most popular posts that we had was related to uh, succession planning and people wanting to get their businesses in order. And I'm wondering because you specialize in tax as well, are there a couple of things that you can touch on and highlight and explain to the listeners about uh, ways that you can structure yourself. I mean, this is a very big topic. Um, 
you know, uh, explain uh, capital gains as an example, how you can structure uh, your business in order to, if you do divest or sell or transition it, uh, what do you need to do to be prepared for that? Yeah, so that question sometimes is a different answer depending on each individual family or industry that you're in. But I can give you like one general topic that I usually discuss with my clients and that's making sure their corporation, I'm going to use a corporate setting here as an example, is on side for the capital gains exemption. So what that means that if you were suddenly, if you suddenly passed away and you own shares of a qualified small business here in Canada, the you know, things roll over to a spouse potentially, or you're deemed to sell everything at fair market value. And that's when you need to know if your capital gains eligibility is there. And there's rules that are in place to make your corporate shares eligible to be able to use that, depending on what industry you're in, anywhere from $850,000 to a million bucks of uh, exemption, like exemption from paying capital gains tax. There's lots of rules around it, but that's kind of an annual thing I actually go through with my clients and and talk to them about uh, watching out to make sure they remain eligible. So, you know, you could go so far into this topic. There are, There's all sorts of technical expertise on this. And I have a specialty tax partner in my office too. So, you know, I bring up topics and then I say, now it's time to bring in the specialty tax partner who you know, has done extra, extra designation and extra studying. And this is what they do all the time. Let's bring them in and make sure we're all on the right page should something happen. And, you know, it's, it sounds like I just have all these dreary meetings where I'm talking about what's going to happen if you get hit by the bus yesterday and, and set yourself up. It's, it's just really when something bad happens, nobody is in a situation emotionally even to want to even think about that stuff it's draining someone you love is gone and now you have to suddenly step in and understand what was going on in all their finances and I feel it's my responsibility as their accountant to help them be set up for those terrible things so if something happens there's so little stress on that end that we've taken care of those pieces that the spouse or the children or the you know other shareholders still remaining don't have to worry about those things as well on top of running, you know, the business and dealing with their grief with losing a partner or whatever. For sure. You know, that's a really good point because regardless of the fact that you're in an emotional uh, upheaval as the business owner transitions regardless you have to give that peace you know the employees you want to protect your business and make sure it's business as usual as best you can so having those safeguards in place so that regardless of who's not there that things carry on and that the leadership is there to to calm the waters and and let people know that things are in control so is there any sort of almost like a checklist um, and I'll, I'll just relate it to uh, a program that I took. One of the, the courses was on, you know, if you're looking to exit at some point, having a due diligence in a box is what we called it. And it didn't mean that I was planning to sell my business today or tomorrow. It meant that when I did eventually plan my business, there were certain things that would make it much easier by knowing what a buyer would look for and having my due diligence in a box and 
one thing that I took away and implemented uh, well in advance of selling my business was normalizing things, you know, not expensing a lot of things through my business. Um, As business owners, we can tend to get lazy in certain areas. So making sure that everything is, you know, tidy, neat, clean, that you have, you know, insurance in place and all these other things. Can you touch a little bit on sort of what the top three or five things would be, or even just a suggestion from an overall standpoint? That's a a really good question. The piece you asked about a checklist, um, I'm not going to say I have a corporate one right off the top of my head, but I certainly have a personal one. In fact, my office hands out it's uh, it's it's I guess it's called an estate checklist, but it's one document, and I try and hand out to every client that comes in, whether they're personal or corporate or business, and I say fill this out. It's it's a it's a document that talks about everything under the sun, things that we probably wouldn't have even thought of, like uh, who's your insurance uh, agent and what's the policy number and what's the phone number so your family can get a hold of this person. Who's your regular banker? What's all the contact information? Who's your accountant? Who's your lawyer? Have you bought a funeral plot? If you have, where's the where's the deed for that? Or, or you know, all sorts of things on this wide gamut of numbers and important things, so that your family doesn't have to go through, you know, boxes or files or folders or try and find it on your computer, right? So there is a huge encompassing checklist there for a corporate one. If we're talking about business corporation, uh, like one of the top pieces that I think is very important is that shareholder agreement. If you're in a corporate setting, some of these things, you know, everyone's getting along great. Why do we need to invest our money in this kind of thing? We've got all, we want to expand the business. We want to do this, that, and the other thing. And I really try to talk to clients about investing in your own business um, health for lack of a better term, like a, like a financial checkup kind of thing is valuable. Yes, it's going to cost to talk to your lawyer and yes, it's going to cost to talk to your accountant. But if you spend that up front when you're getting along with everybody in your business versus something goes sideways 10 years down the road and suddenly no one gets along, well, the fees are a lot higher back then when they're not getting along than if you can just come to agreement that it's people and relationships and not everything works out. So let's be professional about this. And these are the steps that we're going to take if something bad happens in the business. That's such great information. And, you know, we're under so much stress, especially right now, because we're not in control. You know, yeah. we, we, we just had the rules changed for us regarding the limitations due to COVID. You know, as business owners, we're, we're problem solvers. You, you know, give us a situation, we're going to fix it. Well, in COVID, we have no control. And it affects our businesses and we need to get as much sleep as we can. So investing up front to make sure we have all of our systems in place and processes in the event that something happens as dreary as it sounds, I'm going to get that extra few hours once in a while because I know that other things that I can control are looked after. And I would encourage business owners to to think they are in control. Yes, the situation has changed in potentially the method of how you sell, but business owners are entrepreneurial and they're very creative. And and I know that they can come up with ways to make things work. And I, and I know a lot of our hospitality and restaurant industry and all of that have had to change on a dime several times. How do I make this work to still get the dollars rolling in the business? And there's been some great ways 
for that to be done. So I encourage everyone, this is a crazy time, but you can do it. And I'm not sure I really like that comment, think outside the box, but that's the one I'm going to toss out here. You can do it. This is your baby. It's your business. You, you can make it happen. There's, there's a way to get it done. What, which way is it? Yeah, that's a really good point. And we have the time right now for those who have to be in a closet working. Uh, <laughs> we can go through those boxes and, and put all of our ducks in a row, so to speak. And, you know, talk about the effects and thinking outside the box. You know, you, you are a professional, you focus in some ag business, you're in Portage La Prairie, yet here we are on a digital platform and all of a sudden, you know, your world is opening up to a broader uh, perspective and, and people will hear this from all over the place and, and be able to, to access you. There's got to be some shining light at the end of this tunnel that as a professional you can see. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I do think, and I'm, I'm not going to be coming up with this comment personally, but it's been tossed around in my BDO Manitoba leadership team that, uh, you know, challenges bring new inventions kind of thing. Like, I personally liked the bit where everyone was sent home because all of a sudden we had to change a few processes and we had to tighten up efficiency and all sorts of things like that. And we had to do things differently. And gosh, it was nice to be able to blame COVID for that and not me pushing through a change. So <laughs> there was a bonus for me. But to me, challenges um, bring on a new ways and new thoughts. And even the whole concept that we must always meet in person. Now, don't get me wrong. I do miss meeting with my clients. But in some cases, you can easily do an online meeting and you can still get the topic done and uh, answer all the questions and get it sorted out and which saves people time. And my type A personality loves time-saving techniques. So that's that's been a bonus too. So yeah, COVID is challenging. Um, keep pushing forward. You know, I've had my, my dull days, peaks and valleys with this thing too, just like everybody has. And uh, boy, it's got me thinking about my own future too. You know, everything's changed so much. You know, am I ready? Am I ready for a change to do something different? Am I, do I feel prepared in, in what I need to do in my own future, whether that's five or 10 years away? So yeah, yeah. tough times, tough, tough times, but people, people are making do. There are some people out there that are in way different situations than me sitting at my desk as a professional, right? Healthcare workers are certainly in a very different uh, situation than possibly normally it is for them. So I don't want to discredit anything the frontline workers are doing by saying, <laughs> sitting at my desk saying, you know, you can do it. Right? Yeah, no, I totally, totally understand. And just in turning it to a little bit of a different topic, you know, you are, you've been in the industry for 15 years and being in a smaller town and, and being a woman uh, leader in your field do you have any advice for young professionals that are just starting out? Uh, often we go into, you know, we're going to be a lawyer or an accountant sometimes because we're just not sure what else we're going to do or our parents went that path and they understand what it's all about, but not really sure if that's their field. Others say, yes, well, I've always known I'm going to be an accountant. And then they get into it and the world looks different than what they thought. So any advice for our young professionals? I guess the only thing I would 
feel fit for advice is to not be afraid to ask questions. It's your career. It's your path you're on. Don't be afraid to ask how something works or why it's working that way or what would happen if it was done this way kind of thing. So maybe there's some days I like status quo and some days I don't. So I just, I just feel that's a good piece. Don't be afraid to ask. Ask questions about your career. Ask questions about um, what your expectations are and or what the expectations are of you. And don't be afraid to ask. Well, that's, that's great. And the one thing I didn't touch on that ha- has come up in several conversations is what COVID has, has forced businesses, uh, and especially even, you know, professional services, all of a sudden now I can sign documents and through DocuSign, which I couldn't do before. So it's really making my life as a customer easier, right. uh, which I appreciate. But it also has opened up some areas in cybersecurity and, and making sure that uh, things are are properly stored and, and secure. Do you have any advice or input on that area? That, that is an amazing topic. I am part of the Community Foundation in Portage La Prairie, and we are just talking about ensuring our, our technical knowledge on cybersecurity is up to date for the executive and the staff and that kind of thing. I think cybersecurity is huge. We're all, not we all, a lot of us are sitting at computers more, and I certainly appreciate BDO. They've got some really good digital and firewalls and security and all of that. So I feel very safe with my work computer, right? But we're not all working for a national firm that has significant IT strategies for that. So it's important to check with people that are experts in that. And I would say that in any question that you give me, if you don't know, find somebody who does like I do too. It's there's so many tax rules and all sorts of things out there. I'm not going to pretend I know them all, but I can certainly find somebody that will be the right person to answer our questions. So again, with cybersecurity, get educated. That's, that's something to do for sure. Um, find somebody in town, whether the town or city you're in that has expertise on that. Maybe they need to take a look at your hardware and software and make sure you've got the security and the firewalls, et cetera, that you need. Uh, one thing I do like about BDO is um, we use the DocuSign, just like you're saying, but we have a, a global portal and that's even more secure, right? We're not just shifting things back and forth through emails. It's still being done because that was the status quo. So I'm you know, trying to encourage clients to move over to that kind of thing. So I'm hoping that was kind of what you're looking for in an answer. No, I think, and and to your point, you know, making sure that you're working with reputable advisors who have the technology in place to protect you as a client, I think is, is an important thing to remember. Right. And, you know, we all get the phone calls from CRA saying that, you know, they need my social insurance number and, and you... And credit card and, and, and uh, iTunes cards, right? <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Yes. No, that is not how that works. <laughs> and we have several cruises to go on yet. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, this has been really, really great. And Anita, I'm wondering, is there anything that uh, we haven't covered off, a message that you would have for the listeners out there when it comes to working with her an accountant or looking to be an accountant that you'd like to shed some light on? 
Well, I think the first thing we missed is I still can't believe someone's going to want to listen to an accountant for half an hour. So I will <laughs> still be shocked about that. If I had some pieces of advice for business owners, um, you know, I would say be financially literate. And if you're not, help get your accountant or your mentor, financial mentor to help you understand your finances, your, your financial statements. Um, have a good working relationship with your advisors, whether that's your banker, lawyer, investment advisor, et cetera. And then if you are in business with uh, siblings, with unrelated people, spouses, have an, have, a, have an agreement, have a business agreement on how things work. Like if those, those are my three top pieces of advice uh, for anybody running any kind of business. Well, that is very good advice, and we appreciate you being on our Ask of Expert podcast. So thank you, Anita, and wish you all the very best. Thank you so much. If you missed anything, don't worry. We took all the notes for you over at Vexit.com, where you can find the show notes for this as well as other episodes and a whole lot more. While you're there, why not take a look around? And everyone is welcome to be part of our free Vexit community, where you can discover how to take control of life's serious stuff. Then, when you have a need for a professional advisor, try our matching tool. It's easy, free, and actually fun. You'll get matched with up to three professionals when looking for an accountant, lawyer, financial advisor, or consultant. Lastly, remember to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And we would really appreciate it if you'd let your friends know about this. Feel free to tag us at at Vexit on most social media. The Ask a Vexpert podcast is a production of Vexit and distributed globally by the Sound Off Media Company. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.